It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live on the free Odyssey app. We're also streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. Big day on the YouTubes. Lots of people checking in on the show. Uh, if you're new here, we do this every day. Uh, this, is, this is a radio show that is 4 to 7 each and every day here on the Team 980. And if you want Commander's News, you are definitely going to want to tune us in every day of the offseason. We have full coverage every day, all the time. Uh, we'll have draft coverage, free agency coverage, all of it. This is your spot. Make sure that you lock it in daily for the Hoffman Show, whether you're watching us on YouTube, streaming us live on the free Odyssey app, or, of course, listening old-school style on your radio. Um, Anthony, I'm at, I'm at home today. Do you happen to have the breaking news sounder in, in front of you? If not, then we'll just tell people the news. Sadly, I do not. Uh, okay, we don't have the, the breaking news. The breaking news. Oh, snap. News is broken. Breaking news sounder. Uh, alas, though, uh, the commanders are not done raiding the Cowboys' defensive cabinet. Uh, the guy who was thought to be the favorite in-house to replace Dan Quinn in Dallas was their defensive backs coach and pass game. Or sorry, not the DB's coach. Their pass game coordinator, Joe Witt Jr. Not so fast, my Cowboy friends. No, no, he's coming to be Dan Quinn's defensive coordinator. That according to longtime NFL reporter Aaron Wilson. Uh, Witt has been with DQ for a while. He was with him uh, his final year in Atlanta, followed him to Dallas. There's a couple of other guys that are, I don't call them like Quinn loyalists, but kind of his, his top guys that certainly could come with him. And I think unlike when Rivera brought you know, Scott Turner, these are highly respected coaches who are really good at what they do, which is very exciting because Anthony, the one thing that I am pretty fascinated about for this upcoming season is figuring out just how bad the previous regime was at coaching versus scouting. And what I mean by that is I don't actually believe right now I, this could easily be proven wrong, so I'm not I'm not putting a lot of stock into this take. But if you ask me where the divide is, I would tell you they were way, way worse at coaching than scouting. Do I think there are some definitive misses? Yeah, like I think there's a couple of guys where they straight up wasted picks. I'm not going to name names. That feels incredibly mean. Some of those guys are already gone. Like, look, Antonio Gandy-Golden obviously is one of them uh, back in 2020. They were fourth rounders out of the league. Whoopsie-daisy. Um, we'll see if some of the picks last year, I mean, I guess it, I can just say the name because it's kind of easy to figure out. We'll see if Braden Daniels turns into something, right? Last year, totally lost year. Didn't look like he was ready in camp. Most people thought that was a very, very bad pick, uh, especially if he was going to play tackle. And then he gets hurt and, and zero is a rookie year, and hopefully he gets healthy and he turns into a good something. Maybe he does. But they took guys in certain situations, maybe some like Jamin Davis slightly overdrafted or majorly overdrafted, uh, depending on what, what you thought of him, but they just didn't use him very well. And like, I look at Emmanuel Forbes and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think he forgot how to, to pick off the ball. I don't think he forgot how to play DB. I think he was coached like absolute dog dookie his rookie year. I think that Quan Martin could have been way more effective a lot sooner if he wasn't overloaded like crazy with four positions in training camp. And so it's very clear watching last year 
all the coverage busts, they weren't taught very well. Their schemes and what their responsibilities were weren't very clean. That stuff didn't happen with near regularity in Dallas. Now, do they get beat sometimes? Yeah. They were super aggressive defense, and sometimes that backfired. But damn it, they did what they were supposed to with high amounts of regularity, which is why Dan Quinn got to a team that was 6-10 and 10 the year before he got there as defensive coordinator, and they went 12-5 and five the three next years. Yes, Dak Prescott and that offense was a big part of it. C.D. Lamb's development is a huge part of it. But good gracious, that defense with Micah Parsons as the, the head of the spear destroyed some teams and did enough in a lot of other games and you know would have key plays even in games where they didn't play particularly well. A pick six here, a strip sack there. They have a knack for making plays. And so I look at the talent on this roster and I don't know if John Allen is going to be here. I do know that our event tomorrow night got way more interesting today. I do know that if you want one of the remaining 20 tickets for 1067 the van versus the team 980 live, now would be a really smart time to go to BethesdaTheater.com and get them because John is going to talk about all of this tomorrow night. I have no idea what he's going to say, but he's going to say it. So I think that, you know, when you look at Payne and can he be used more creatively? Obviously, he's a very different player than Micah Parsons, but Theron Payne could line up on the end and pass rush situations and give a tackle a nightmare. Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio never did that. They did it like literally one snap this year, and Payne got a pressure. Quinn might do that with some frequency because Payne's such a freakish pass rusher. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm excited to see if he can turn Jamin Davis into something different. I'm excited to see what he does with a guy like Quan Martin. I'm excited to see if Emmanuel Forbes in a scheme and a philosophy that seems to fit his skill set far better than the one that actually drafted him. And who knows? Maybe those guys actually are bad football players or not as good as they're paid in Payne's case or whatever, whatever version of bad that they turn out to be. But I don't think it's going to be because of the coaching. And Dan Quinn is excellent as a teacher and a coach and a, and a football philosopher, if you will. And now it looks like Joe Witt Jr., the uh, number two in Dallas, is going to be the number one on the defensive side here. Now, I do think one thing that is interesting that you are about to hear, as I had the chance earlier today to catch up with K.J. Wright, former Seahawks linebacker, is I hope that even with Joe Witt coming, Dan Quinn still is the defensive play caller in D.C. K.J. Wright will tell you why next. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live on the free Odyssey app.